2: This is the Sports Illustrated Boxing Podcast. It's boxing. A look inside boxing with Sports Illustrated's Chris Mannix. Interviews, analysis, and everything going
1: on in boxing. And now a man who I wish was called the Boston Bleeder. All doctors to the ER. It's sort of like getting punched in the face. Chris, Chris Mannix. Mannix. All right, so it has been 15 years since the first season of The Contender, a groundbreaking reality TV series that featured 16 up-and-coming fighters whose lives and careers were chronicled uh, all the time. The finalists of Season 1 of The Contender was Sergio Mora, who you know from here of The Zone, and the pride of Providence, Peter Manfredo, and both of them have joined me here on the podcast. Fellas, welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. Peter, does it does it
0: feel like 15 years? Um, no, time flies. You know, uh, my daughter was two on the show. Now she's 18, uh, graduating high school. So it, it, it's unbelievable. The time just goes by. It just shows you how precious time is, you know. And uh, you know, and Sergio looks great. Uh, and so does you, Chris. So it's all it's all good. <laughs>
1: I didn't get punched in the face for the last 15 years though, Peter. So it's, I mean, for Sergio, it's a bigger compliment. He was punched in the face a lot,
0: yeah, especially by Daniel. Peter. That's why they call him the snake because it was hard to hit him. You know, he moved so well and he was elusive. Me, I got mad when they missed, if, if you could tell. <laughs> I
2: got mad if they missed. No, man, 15, 15 years, it, it doesn't feel like that, man. I, I did an interview uh earlier uh with the athletic and he's like how long has it been i go 15 years what 15 years and then they start thinking about it like you were in college right chris you said you had just graduated college you know me and peter were from the school of hard knocks trying to get by and 15 years flies actually before you jumped on this call peter's daughter was two years old when we're on the show now i have a two-year-old and uh peter's daughter is graduating high school today it's crazy man
1: yeah it's crazy how fast Life can uh, life can go. So I want to kind of start at the beginning with you guys and this show. And you know, this wasn't a show that was on the air before you guys got on it. You were season one. You were right there on the ground floor. Uh, tell me, Peter, where were you in your career when you got the call for this show, and why did you decide to do it?
0: Well, I was twenty-one and old. I was uh, ranked, I think, third by the NA, uh, NABO, or one of those uh, division. I don't remember. It was a while ago, but um, I, I just won an NABO title, junior middleweight title. I just defended it uh, against Anthony Bonsante who was also on the show in a 12-round uh, decision in Providence. I beat him. Um, so my career was moving along. I was probably in, in the, I don't know, I would say in the top 10 um, in the 154-pound division. Um and then I got a call one day from local boxing legend Vinny Pazienza saying that they're doing this reality show uh, called The Contender. Um, you know, and, and, you know, they're going to pick, you know, 16 guys to be on the show. And, you know, it can make your career. And the, and the prize is a million dollars. At the time, I'm struggling. You know, I'm not making any money. You know, a million dollars, that's all I could think of. So um, that's all I needed to hear. And I said, Where, where's the tryouts? You know, and I guess they had tryouts in Brockton. Um, I don't remember when, but he gave me the date, and I made sure I was I showed up, you know. And I went to the tryouts, and that was the first step, you know. And obviously, it was a couple more steps after that, but that was the first step.
1: Sergio, what about you? Where were you in your life and your career at that point?
2: I was uh, 11 and no, as a professional, unsigned, uh, no promoter, no manager, and I was a, I was going to get my first big break to fight on NBC, which is where the contender aired. I was going to fight another undefeated fighter, uh, Les Ralston. So it was a battle of undefeated fighters. And when I was doing the interview there on NBC, they they talked about the show. I never had heard of it. Then the following, the following, I don't know, a couple of weeks later, I went sparring in San Diego, and a sparring partner told me that they were holding the uh, auditions uh, somewhere in La Brea, and that he was going to go. And I'm like, well, I heard of the contender, and I kept hearing about it here and there. And finally. Fernando Vargas, his uh, manager at the time, Rolando Arellano, I was uh, one of Fernando Vargas' sparring partners at the time. He's the one that, that you know, grouped us all together. And uh, without waiting online, he said, no, we're going to go straight to the front of the line. Uh, and then you can go take it from there. And I sparred a couple guys and I did a couple of interviews and I made it to the next stage.
1: Peter, did you know anything about Sergio coming into this competition?
0: Well, we, we, we were partners in the images. I mean, well, we fought in the amateurs. He beat me in the amateurs too, so he's like 3-0 on me, you know. Uh, but, <laughs> oh, believe
1: uh, me, he's, he's told me that. He's told me that over he, the last year or so.
0: He, yeah, but that's, that's all I knew because I had over 100 amateur fights, so I fought a bunch of different, you know, opponents and guys, so I don't remember who you fight, you know, especially in the amateurs, only three rounds. So, um, but, you know, all in all, three rounds, five rounds, ten rounds, he won. At the end of the day, so uh no, I, I remember I much of a Peter, I, I, I remember you in the amateurs clearly.
2: I remember you clearly in the amateurs. You used to wear no shirt and a gold chain, and you used to walk
0: around <laughs> with no shirt and a gold chain. Remember that? Well, I probably had <laughs> ha- had to take my everything off. No shirt, no, no pants. I always had trouble making weight. I'm Italian. I love to eat, so All I always right. had a problem. Now, yes, yeah, the less the better.
2: Yeah, swag even back then. That's for sure. <laughs> But Sergio, do you remember that amateur fight? Yeah, I remember it. It was the quarterfinals of the National Golden Gloves. Uh, it was in, I think, Mississippi. And we, uh, it was a close fight. I mean, that he, Peter used to box and move and, and use his jab. And, you know, I always say that when Peter boxes behind the jab, like he did in our rematch, I mean, he's difficult to beat. He's difficult to hit. He's just a, a way better boxer. So in the amateurs, he was a mover. He early in his pro career, a mover, and he gave me a lot of trouble. It was a close fight, very close fight.
1: Peter, when um, when you get into a competition like this, the boxing stuff is obviously familiar, <clears throat> but it's a reality TV show. What was it like for you to have cameras <clears throat> surrounding you for a couple of months, really?
0: I mean, the cameras didn't bother me so much. I think it was uh, it was like you said, with the reality TV show, everything was was focused on. Uh, what they wanted you to do instead of what you were comfortable doing. You know, I had to wait, you know, to go for a run, to make weight. I had to to live with guys I'm going to fight. I couldn't watch video on guys I was going to fight. I couldn't train without these guys training with me and watching me, and uh, that was very difficult. And now I'm fighting 10, 12 rounds. Now I'm only fighting five rounds. So you don't even have a chance to really warm up. You know, you just you go right out there and you fight. Um So it was a a totally different experience. And I think after losing the first fight and coming back, and once I started winning and getting my confidence, as the show went on, I I got more confidence and I got better. You know, I adjusted. Sergio, just
2: describe
0: it. Go ahead, Peter. I I was just describing it, but as the show went on, I got better. But it was still – it was very tough, you know, taking a 12-round fight and bringing him back down to – to five rounds and, and, and you know fighters that you don't know and but they were all they were all good fighters you know I, I take my hats off to to all of them
1: sergio describe the kind of living conditions you know for you guys and how you adjusted to that i loved it <laughs>
2: guys like me and alfonso and miguel espino I mean, I, I was sleeping on a, on a sofa in a one-bedroom apartment in my mom's apartment. So when they gave me my own bed, my own room, and all the food you could eat, and barbers, and they will take us on, on, in limos and private jets, man, I loved it. I couldn't get enough of it. Now, did you have to adjust to actually fighting? Yes, but I actually loved that too. I didn't mind being away from my trainer and my camp and my stinky gym. I had the best equipment. I, I had everything I needed except my trainer, and it didn't really matter, man. I, I just I was I was happy for the opportunity. I trained hard. I wasn't the favorite to win, so all eyes weren't on me. They were on Ishe Smith and Peter Manfredo. So it was it was actually a win
1: win for me. I loved it. Peter, did you come in feeling like the favorite? I mean, you were the one of the more accomplished guys at that point with that group.
0: Yeah, but I never I never had that cocky confidence where I was, you know, I thought I was going to blow everybody away and win. I never had that. You know, I always uh, was very humble, just like I am today. You know, you go into every fight, anybody can win at any, any given time, you know, so I always felt that, but I, you know, I always feel confident going in the ring that I can win, especially being an undefeated fighter. Um, it's another thing too. I wanted to touch on what Sergio said. He felt, he said he felt comfortable. I mean, him, Miguel Espino, and Alfonso Gomez, the three named he 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 mentioned it, They're it's all in their backyard, you know. So of course they're going to feel comfortable. Now, if the show yeah. was in Rhode Island i would feel comfortable you know because it's my restaurants i like to eat the places i know the people i know you know it's it's so of course they felt comfortable they were in their backyard now for me a year three hours difference i'm gonna uh a stay i never been you know i'm fighting guys that i've never known or never seen or never fought um you know so they had they had more to do than i did they had more people behind them than I had, I, I had nothing, you know? So I could see why they felt comfortable, but I didn't, I wasn't comfortable at all. But I started Sergio, to as I started winning.
1: Yeah, Sergio, did you, I mean, it wasn't your backyard. Did, did you feel like you had a kind of a home field advantage?
2: The show was in Pasadena. If you call that my backyard, you don't know what that's <laughs> about, of funny. LA. It's California. I'm, I'm from East LA, Chris. Come on, man. But anyway, it was near. Uh, where I grew up, and uh, yeah, that has a lot to do with it, man. I mean, uh, you're familiar with the area. Um, I would, I would have hated fighting in cold weather. I, I hate training in the cold and snow and in sleet weather, like that word that you use to describe ice, and I hate that weather. So having to run and do all that and and being in that weather, that would have threw me off too. So yeah, man, I, I could see why it threw Peter off as well.
0: Yeah, Peter yeah, no, went. No, no, Chris, I'm not making Chris, no, I'm not believe me, I'm not making excuses or nothing. I'm just telling you that's what it was. You know what I mean? It was different. That's all. Mm-hmm. But he no, won, to- and, that, and that's it. Yeah.
1: Um, Peter, when, around the time this, this shot and aired was, you know, immediately after, a year or so after Mickey Ward and Arturo Gotti and, and, you know, that, the, the pride of Lowell, the Northeast guy. W- was there any attempt to kind of frame you as that type of guy, as a Mickey Ward type?
0: Uh I I don't think so. I don't know. Uh like I said, I was always a humble guy. I think Vinny Paz was the big name in Rhode Island. He always was. Um before me and then before now now you got Demetrius Andre. He's probably one of the most talented fighters that ever come out of the area. Um so uh when I was on the show, I was just trying to make a name for myself, and that's what I try to teach my kids. You know, don't try to be like anybody else. Be yourself, but be better than you was yesterday. Try to be better than yourself yesterday. So, that's my that's my uh, advice to my kids and my advice to everybody, my my fans, my friends. Just try to be better than you was the day before. You know, try to be the best Peter May Afraidor you could be, or the best uh, Sergio Moro you could be. You know, don't try to be like anybody else. Be yourself.
1: Sergio, did the you know, when you get into the ring, I mean, it's a professional fight. Like you're, it's the same as any other pro fight. Did did it feel the same when you got in those contender rings? I mean, or was there an adjustment you had to make?
2: No, they weren't. They didn't feel the same. First of all, it was a tiny ring. Uh, it was the smallest possible ring you could have in California. I think it's probably sixteen and a half feet or seventeen feet, but it was tiny, and it was a, uh, it was a, everything was different. Um, the, the people in the state, like people in the state, in the stands, in the stages. Yes, you have five family members, but it was all a production. It was, it was kind of like a quarantine type fight. Um, that felt different, and it, and it made you, it made you fight harder, faster, because it was only five rounds. So you couldn't go out there and fill out your opponent with a jab. It was straight to fighting. So, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a brawler. I'm a boxer-type guy, and I need the ring to move. That first fight was tough with Nigel Turpin because of it, but I'm glad that it happened now because if I would have fought, say, Ishe Smith or Peter Manfredo or Jesse Brinkley in that first fight where I was still adjusting, I, think, I don't know, man. It would have been tough for me to win that fight. I'm being dead honest there uh, because, because of that adjustment.
1: Peter, what was the boxing like for you it, it, as an adjustment?
0: It was just tough. All in all, tough. Like he, like he pointed to, I, I I I can't not agree with him one hundred percent. It was just totally different. Uh, I just like I said, like I pointed out earlier, it was just more. It was tougher for me, a guy like me who's in a different state you know, away from my family. Like he said, you can have about four or five family members in. When I first got there, I was told there was nobody that could be there, so I didn't have anybody there for me besides my wife and my daughter, you know. But uh, Alfonso had his father, he had his mother, he had other people in the stands chamber for him, so he probably felt a lot more comfortable than I did and uh and i'm sure sergio had the same thing his mom was there his brothers were there mm-hmm. like i i didn't have yeah. any of that you know um like i said i'm in california they're not going to come way up and spend their own money who can afford it especially back then you know so it, it was it was different you know it was different for me it was it was tougher for me than it might have been for sergio i don't want to say that it wasn't tough for him too but i believe that it was tougher for a guy like me that comes from the east coast to to come to the west coast and, and really have no advantages you know he he had more advantages than i had peter when you're
1: in a house like this on reality tv i mean they want some kind yeah. of conflict there it sells you know drives ratings was there, was there any guys that you didn't really get along
0: with in that house not really i think i think we started getting a little ticked off with ishae smith i think a lot of guys did you know because uh you know, he just was cocky. Everybody was a bum to him. No one was as good as him. Uh, he started writing his name on fruits and, and things. I mean, everything was free. <laughs> you know, you could take whatever you want out of the fridge and this and that, and then they were just going to replenish it and restock it, so it didn't matter. But, you know, he wanted his own stuff. He made it personal. He just – he thought he was better than everybody. So after a while, I just started irritating a lot of people. But but all in all, I mean, I'm – I, I just wanted, I, like, like Sergio, we all wanted to win at the end of the day, you know? So we all did what we had to do to win. Um, so Sergio, it what, you, what, was
1: your, what was your reaction, your interactions like with the other fighters?
2: Isha e. Smith was definitely the, uh, the, the heel, the bad guy. He was like the Omarosa in The Apprentice. That's who Ishe Smith was. He wanted to create that, but he wanted that. He wanted that, he wanted to be the bad guy. Him and Ahmed Kadur, I would say, were, were the bad guys, but they were great characters. I was right. more on, on uh, with, with Peter. I wanted to be you know, on the, on the low down. I didn't want people to know much about me. I wanted to train. I wanted to just to, to stay low and low. They wanted the attention, uh, both them guys, and let them have it. I just was there to win.
1: What about the two of you, Peter? You, you and Sergio. I mean, how close did you get before you know before it ended? Before you got into the ring that first time?
0: We never got close. We never got close uh, yeah. But yeah, only because we never really talked and had a conversation. He was quiet. I was quiet. Like like he just said. He pointed yeah. to it. He was. I just kept my mouth shut. I wanted to win, and that's kind of the same thing I did. I didn't want to start drama. I didn't care about the TV. I didn't care about all that. I just wanted to win like he did. Um, um, uh, and I, and I felt confident that I could win, you know, in the final, I'm sure he, he knew, felt he was going to win. And at the end of the day, he won, you know, the better man won when, when he should have. So congrats to him. He's the champ. And uh, I take my hats off to him. And now we're friends.
1: Sergio, I, I can't see you being the quiet guy. I just, I can't envision that.
2: <laughs> you should have known me back then, Manix. I was a lot more humbler. I was broke as a joke. I didn't think I was as good as I am. Oh, man, that guy was great. This guy, I don't know what turned into me now, man. uh, I'm, I'm still the same person. It was just it was just like if I were to be putting that in that type of situation that type of environment i'll have the same strategy i'll just stay quiet and aim for the prize man i mean some guys wanted that they were they were thrilled to be there they wanted to act out in front of the cameras they wanted to speak louder they wanted to punch harder when they were training they wanted the attention some guys are just naturally you know uh, built that way they, they want more for me 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 and guys like me peter alfonso miguel espino uh Najee turpin there was a lot of guys that were just you know, bad boys move in silence and violence, and we were just in the corner training while the other guys were acting a fool.
1: I want to ask both of you this. Um, you know, when, when it when it turned out, when it was set up, that you guys were going to meet in the final, Peter, how did you feel? How confident did you feel going into that fight against
0: Sergio? I felt very confident. I thought I could win, you know, just like I said earlier. You know, I thought I was going to win the fight. Um, and uh, But I didn't. You know, he the better man won that night, you know. Um, I th- I thought I settled the score six months later in the rematch, but it doesn't matter. He won when it was time to win. You know, he w- he won when it was time to win. It, do- it doesn't even matter about the rematch. He won. He won when he was supposed to win. He won the million dollars. He was contender champion. So I had to. Offer Sergio, him. you had
1: Sergio, you had faced Peter obviously in the amateurs. You'd watched him throughout that tournament. I mean, uh, how confident were you going into that fight?
2: I, I was extremely confident because I had a great camp. I prepared. I was hungry, you know. I mean, the advantages that me and Peter had were we were watching the show every week and it culminated to our finale. So every week, as soon as it ended, I went straight to the gym. I had that week in my in my motivational in my mind, and I would just train it and we knew that a million dollars was at, at stake here. So I mean the motivation was there for both of us. I mean, we both felt we were gonna win the fight. I didn't think Peter was gonna be as aggressive. As he, as he was. He came right at me. I thought he was going to want to move and stick and box. And that surprised me. That threw me for a loop in the first round, I got to say. Uh, I thought he was going to be more of the boxer that, that I uh, fought in the amateurs and that I know that's the fighter that, that I would struggle with. That's the fight that I struggled That's the fighter that I struggled with in that rematch where you know a lot of people felt that Peter did win. And hey, listen, man, it could have gone either way, but he boxed that fight. And that's the Peter Manfredo that gave me trouble in the amateurs and that gave me trouble in the rematch the boxer.
1: Peter, what was behind yeah. the what was behind the strategy Peter in that first <laughs> fight? Were you more aggressive on purpose? Did you think that was the best way to go?
0: No, that's just that's why I really don't have a relationship with my dad right now, but uh, we don't get along. But yeah, uh, it's sad, but we that's he trained me. That's how he, he trains me. When I fought Sakyobika Saint every time my father trains me, he trained me to go forward, go forward, go forward, be the aggressive, be the aggressive, throw more punches. Same thing in the images with, with, with Mora. Go forward, go forward, go forward. That's not my style. I'm a boxer. You know, I'm a natural boxer. I know more than he does about the game. I I I've had over forty something fights, you know, so I know the game. Um and uh you know, you listen to him, you do what he wants, you get beat up, you lose, and it's your fault. You know, get out of my gym. You're a bum, yeah? You make me look bad, you know? So it just, it kind of culminated as in losing a relationship with him. But it is what it is. Um, you know, you live and learn. You live and learn. Like like I said, six six months later, I fought him in a rematch. It was a total different Peter Manfredo, if you notice. Now, Freddie Roach didn't turn me into a different fighter in six months. You know, he was just an escape goat. I, I had to get out of my father's gym. He called me a loser. He called me this. He called me that. I said, okay, bye-bye. I went to california i called freddie roach i said you mind training me you know i went to that gym you know and he and he got me prepared he got me in shape he got me sharp he got me boxing like like i i was myself you know he didn't teach me how to fight he let me do my thing and just sharpened up my tools and that's all i really needed you know um and the same thing with 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 saki obika sergio when i fought saki obika i tried to fight him like i fought you the first fight and he, he was so big no and strong, he almost he almost killed me. You know what I mean? It was like, but if I boxed him, I might have had a shot. I might have. But he's too scary. I don't. I don't want to fight him again.
1: Yeah, I went back and and rewatched the the whole uh, last episode and and the fight, main fight itself. You guys both looked amped going to the ring. I mean, Peter, I think you hugged everybody along ringside on the way out. Did you hug James Con? Was James Kahn there? And you, did you I hug him James on the Con. way. <laughs>
0: That's Sonny from The Godfather. How can you not hug James I Cullen? <laughs> <laughs> my favorite movie, The Godfather. I see him right there. It's so funny. You know, I, it was awesome. So I felt like I was living in a movie. It was great. I it it even was, care, it I was funny. My Just, I mean, like I'm, I'm,
1: I'm, watching, I'm watching you go around and, you know, everybody's kind of dapping you up. Then all of a sudden, because you're watching on YouTube and you can't really tell who it is ringside. I'm like, is that James Khan? Did he just hug James oh, Khan? It was like, yeah,
2: it was the best. It was the
0: best. I wish I could take it to dinner. Hey, listen, even, I, you
1: know, it's, it's crazy.
0: Hey,
2: listen, I, I, was a, I was a big Hulk Hogan fan and he was there in the audience. Yeah, that's right. I was focused on winning the fight. I don't give a shit about Hulk Hogan right now, maybe afterwards. So yeah, man, I think I think Peter, uh, he was absorbing the moment, man, and he, he loved it. And yeah, man, if you're going to see James Khan and the, you know, give him a nice little Italian hug. Not me, man. I went straight to the ring. I'm like, forget everybody.
0: Sergio was prepared that night. He was sharp. He was prepared. He, he, he deserved to win. He, he was just right on the money that night. Just like you said, he had a great, a great training camp. He was prepared. He was ready. See, I didn't have a great, a great training camp. You know, I felt stale. I wasn't looking good in sparring. I wasn't looking good in the gym. Um, I, I felt I was overtrained Because if you, if you remember, Sergio, the, the final was supposed to be, I think, in March or something. And then it got moved. So I started training in January, losing the weight. And I never stopped training, even though it got moved. So I I think I trained a little too long. I think I trained a little too long. But like I said, I can't make excuses. My father trained me for the fight. I'm not that type of fighter. I'm better when I box. And uh, Sergio picked me apart that night. He almost, he could have stopped me that night. I had nothing left towards the end of the round. I think he staggered me a little bit in the end of the round. I had no legs. I had nothing left. You know, so... um, you know, I, my hat my hat goes off. So he he deserved to win. He was he was the man that night. He was sharp. He was uh. I think I think before the the fight they they um they asked me. They said, "What are you gonna do?" I said, "I gotta knock him out. I'm gonna knock him out." I said, "Cause that's the only shot I had to win the fight." I, like I said, I wasn't looking sharp in the gym. I wasn't feeling that good. Um, the only thing I could do was knock this kid out to win the fight. And you know, obviously, you can't even hit the guy, so it was hard to hit him. I hard to catch him. I couldn't knock him out. And uh, he all boxed me, and he always pointed me, all classed me. So, contender champion season one, Sergio Mora.
1: <laughs> Sergio, they're, um, they're, you, the, the angle with your mother the entire time, like you, when you walk to the ring that night, you hear Joe Intonacci say, you know, here to fight to make sure his mom never works a day in her life again, never has to work again. Like how much did they – want you to play that up to make that because she was the one person you acknowledged on your way by ringside and of course right after you hop out of the ring and go give her a hug
2: they wanted to play they wanted to attach something to my story because i I didn't have no kids and i didn't have a wife and i didn't have anything so they couldn't really build the story around me uh everyone else had a story so they just basically built the father i mean i'm sorry the mother son relationship she was the the main person in my life and you know at that point i was living in a one bedroom apartment with my three brothers and my single mom and they really pulled the the the, the emotional strings like you're not going to make me cry chris but I, you know like the, the interviewer on the contender, he really pulled my strings, and he really said, "Well, wait a minute. Your mom's alone. You guys live in a one-bedroom apartment. She she's sixty years old. She works in a warehouse." I'm like, "Yeah." Oh and little by God. little, but yeah, man. One, once you had the opportunity to to fight in front of all those people, you made it to the finale, a million dollars, one more fight changes your life. Yeah, man. It's hard not to be motivated by that. It was for my mother. It was for my mother. It was for myself. It was for for. Or the struggle, man, for everything. It, it was real.
1: I did love Sergio, like vintage Sergio in the ring, where I think it was one of the later rounds. You had a cut over your eye and blood on your glove, and you lick the blood off your glove. You disgusting, disgusting person.
2: You got the disgusting part. You would never <laughs> do anything like that because, one, you never got in a fight. Two, you're scared of blood. And three, you're a wimp. But let's not get into that. Come on, man. I mean, why'd you do it? Because I saw Hulk Hogan there, I thought about the theatrics. What would Hulk Hogan do if his face was bloodied and he would say what the hopes are? And, come on, stop! I don't know why I did it. I just did it. Peter, why did you?
1: Did you notice that when you did it in real time?
0: Yes, I was like I said, I was so out of it. Like I said, he 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 could have stopped me that night. I had nothing left, you know. I was I was so tired. So uh, I think I think the adrenaline had a lot to do with it too. in, in the conference, he, he I think he knew he was he was winning the fight. He knew he was up. And uh, the confidence came, and the adrenaline came, and he says, "You know, fuck it, you, you caught me in the head. You cut me, and who cares? I'll lick this and still beat you up." So I think that's, you know, that's what he was saying. So, and and, and I so that's what it was. Oh uh,
2: yeah, it was the adrenaline, man. It, it was it was racing. It, you know, the crowd was live. There was only five thousand people there, but it felt like you know fifteen thousand. Uh, yeah, was crazy, it, right? it was the adrenaline. Yeah, that's what it yeah. was. Blame the adrenaline, Chris. <laughs>
1: Sergio, you get the win and the million-dollar prize. I mean, how did that change your life? Well, uh,
2: I was expecting a big check like they do in the movies. You know, <laughs> I was expecting to take pictures. <laughs> it was two personal checks by Mark Burnett, and he messed up one of them, and he signed it out. And it was just not what, what was expected. Joe Cortez came into my room and the commission and Mark Raffet, I think, and they gave me the checks, and they were just two – silly checks and i don't know it wasn't the mood wasn't as as much as i thought but as soon as i cashed it i was smiling
1: so you wanted you wanted those checks that like ed mcmahon would show up with for publishers clearinghouse like a big ass check that you could bring home
2: i wanted the picture and i want to be smiling and be like yeah i got two little measly personal checks one for 750 the other one for 250 but hey they, they cleared they cashed i'm fine with that hey you know what's funny Chris? Before the contender, I had insufficient funds. So I like to say it's it's great, man. I mean it went from insufficient funds to you know nine hundred thousand, nine hundred and ninety-nine thousand, and they took away the dollar seventy-five that I owed the bank. <laughs>
0: Amazing. Peter, what did what you walk away with there? I got a quarter, two fifty. So I I mean no, no, not the most I ever made in my life. So that was great for me. You know, and and he was said he was in an apartment. I I actually bought an investment property at the time, and I was living in. It was a four. It was a one-family house chopped into four units. So I was me and my wife and my daughter. We were living in one of the units in the four. So, uh, it, it was good. You know, I I bought the guy who taught me about investment properties. I bought him a, a custom-made Holly. You know, I I spent a lot of money. I, my 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 father got ten percent. My manager got ten percent. Uh, you know, I I was just. You know paying everybody what i owed them and whatever i ended up with i ended up with
1: sergio but it when, wasn't a million. when it ended yeah exactly sergio when it <laughs> ended i mean how did that change your visibility i mean how what did you go like what what did that do for you in terms of being recognized
2: no, it was over it was overnight it's uh, the power of television because uh, i won the show on a tuesday and then the very next day, they flew me to New York to be on Regis and Kelly Philbin. So I was I was on on a talk show two days later. And then from there, I, I I was walking around New York. People were recognizing me and taking pictures. Then I flew flew back to Las Vegas. And yeah, man, I mean, getting closer to you know where where it happened. Everyone knew me there. So I, I spent a week in Vegas, and it was I got a good taste of what it was like to be you know, famous for a while and yeah, it feels great and all, but you still got to, you know, go out and fight. And I indulge, put it that way.
1: <laughs> Peter, what, what did it do for you? I mean, obviously people have been watching you for months every single week. How did that change your life?
0: Oh, it definitely changed. I mean, you know, I knew I was a household name. You know, no matter where I went, people knew who I was, even still to this day. Ain't you Peter Marefredo from The Contender? No matter where I go, you know, I went to Disney with my family. People recognized me in Disney. My wife just keeps walking now. She just keeps – she she can't take it anymore. She's like, you got to stop for everybody? <laughs> I'm like, yes, honey, I do. Uh, but, you know, uh, it changed my I, – I, this is the best decision, one, one of the best decisions I made. The best decision is obviously my wife. But that was uh, that was one of the best decisions I made was to get on that show. It made me who I am today. You know, uh, people got to see 16 people and who they really are because it wasn't scripted. The show wasn't scripted. You, what you're seeing is what you got. And people got to fall in love with the real Peter Manfredo, just like they got to fall in love with the real Sergio Mora and everybody else. Uh, you get what you see on that show, and, and that's what it was. So when people, when I see people and um, uh, or meet people on an everyday basis, they they're like, wow, I can't believe you you're just the same person I, I used to watch, and you're just like that, you know. And I'm I'm like, yeah, that's how it was. So uh, you know, best decision I made. One of them, Sergio.
1: It's funny. It's funny, Sergio, that like when you think of the contender, it had multiple seasons. I mean, five seasons. Now it's playing on Epics, um, but. You two really are the most recognizable faces from it. I mean, maybe it's because more people watch those or you're just, they, they followed your careers. But when you think of the contender, I mean, and I'm, I was a viewer. Like that was, that was me. I was watching. I only think, I don't really think of Grady Brewer or any of the guys that won subsequently or fought subsequently. I think of you two. Why do you think that is?
2: And I know who you're, you know, rooting for considering you're from Boston yeah. and in New England. Yes. You're all Peter Manfredo. I'm sorry to break your dreams, Chris, but uh, no, man, it was, it was, it was great to be a part of that. And, and yeah, it's, it's overnight success. It really is. And, and to this day, I still get recognized, especially when you go to boxing events and um, it, it feels nice, man. It feels, it feels like you, you did something, you accomplished something. Cause if, People ask me, what was, what was more in my career, uh, winning the contender or winning, uh, the world title? And it's winning the contender for that reason. Cause it's the first taste of success that guys like me and Peter got. It's the first taste of people appreciating us for what we did and, and, you know, putting us at, at the A level, paying us good money, flying us first class, putting us in, in, in the top notch hotels. That's the first taste of success. So. You know, it, it's always great, man, when you get that first taste of su- success and people appreciate you for it in the long run.
1: Yeah, I mean, what, 12 million people watched that fight? That's more than yeah. any boxers get nowadays, exponentially more than any boxers get nowadays. So the exposure was huge. Um, Peter, when the fight ended,
0: did you think there'd be a rematch? No, I was, I cried, I pissed blood. It was just a bad, bad uh, experience for me. The whole, even leading up to the, like I told you earlier, I said I I needed to knock this kid out to win because that's how I wasn't looking that good in the gym, you know, and I I wasn't sharp, I wasn't myself, and um, I said if if I gotta win this fight, I gotta knock him out. But obviously it didn't happen. He outboxed me, he outschooled schooled me, and I I didn't I cried, uh, I was sad. I I think after the fight, I I put my head down on the ropes, I sat on the ropes, and I was so embarrassed, I didn't even want to get up, you know, I I didn't want to look at anybody. I just felt like a big failure. And at the post press conference, Sergio, I don't know if you remember, I um, I started I broke out crying at the post press conference. Wow. One, uh, my my cut man at the time, Albi Sacamoni, he passed away uh, a little bit before the finale, you know, and I really took that hard because I told him, you know, don't worry, Albi, I'm gonna win this for you, you know, and obviously I didn't accomplish that, but um, it was just a big emotional roller coaster for me at the end. And uh, I didn't even want to go out of my house uh, when I got home for a while, you know, because I was just too embarrassed to walk the streets and and everything else, you know. But, you know, life goes on, you know. And uh, like I said, I ended up going to California and uh, training with Roach. And I got a a rematch six months later. And you're seeing a different Peter Manfredo.
1: So, Sergio, how does the rematch happen?
0: Well, the rematch, uh,
2: I knew... uh, I knew it was coming uh, maybe a couple of weeks after the finale. He said, you might have a rematch. Sylvester Stallone really is pushing for a rematch. It might happen at the Staples Center because they want to sell, you know, the L.A. crowd and bring out, you know, my fan base. I said, yeah, 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 all right, cool. And I was doing a lot of appearances. Me and Sugar Ray Leonard were traveling around the country. I was being invited to a lot of parties, the Playboy Mansion all than once uh you know i was hanging out in hollywood so i was celebrating man i was really Mm -hmm. indulging and then finally when uh we got the rematch set and said hey you're gonna be fighting them october something you have uh three months to prepare i'm like i'm just gonna need six weeks for that fight so i kept celebrating i kept enjoying myself keep you know kept kept doing my thing i trained hard for six weeks but he came more prepared than that second fight i took him for granted and uh yeah man i mean he almost beat me it was a split decision the majority of people that saw it felt that peter won and i'll be honest with you i'll be dead honest with you i felt that i won the fight but watching it on video i'm like oh hell's close you know peter could have easily won that fight
1: peter how sure were you that you won that fight
0: i was very oh, shy. I mean, sure i can not believe it yeah, you, you know, know, I was definitely sure. I, when, they, when they announced the decision, I, I, I almost, you know, I just turned. I, I, I couldn't believe it. It was just, but, it, you know, it is what it is. What are you going to do? You know, his, his career went on. He had a great career. My career went on. I had a great career. So, I, you know, I'm not stale about it. It is what it is. Uh, that's, that's life in general. You get ups and downs in life, you know. Um, but, like I said, we're friends now. It, it is what it is. You know, maybe we could do a third one.
1: Well, yes, I mean, that's
0: certainly worth Ooh, talking nice segue- about
2: there, Sergio. No, Sergio nice segue and to I have, my, my promoter, this. Chris Mannix.
1: We have discussed this a lot over the last year or so. Uh, Sergio wants to get one more professional fight in. Peter, I know you've been active recently, uh, getting back uh, into the ring before this pandemic shut everything down. Um, you can argue, Sergio, that it is kind of one-one. It's like Canelo Golovkin. You know, people thought yeah. you know Peter won the second fight. So, what do you think? Should we get a third fight between Sergio mora and Peter Manfredo? And what weight would that fight be at?
2: Man, my legs quivered right now when you said a third fight. Um, listen, I wanted one more fight just to have a farewell fight. And then time started going by, and then I won my last fight versus Perro. So I said, Perro Angulo, I said, all right, one more fight, call it a day. Then I got this gig, and then time started passing. I had kids, I'm like, forget about it. I'm not really interested in third fight. But since you're so much so adamant about this third fight, you and your New England pride, the only way I would come back is if we fight, Peter Manfredo and I, in Providence, Rhode Island, on the undercard of Demetrius Andrade, and we get paid for it. Right, Peter?
0: Sounds great to me.
2: But we'll wait. That's the only way I'll do it. If, if everything but, gets but we'll, on my way, Because I
0: can't make 160 no
2: more. <laughs> I'm too fat.
0: <laughs>
2: that's, all, that's the only way I'll do it. If it's his, his home court, his weight, his everything. That's the only oh, way I'll do it. it. That's, that's perfect. That's perfect.
1: So, Sergio, you're gonna fight at 175?
2: Uh one
1: 171. <laughs> That's <what> we'll have <laughs> a problem as <is> a weight. <laughs> Peter agrees to 171. Dunkin' sure. Donuts Center, perhaps. Providence, Rhode Island. Peter, how how often have you thought about potentially a third fight with Sergio? When you were when your career was going on, did you think that you might meet again?
0: No. I didn't think we were because I, no. I I went up on weight and he was uh he he went down to 154 and won a world he beat Vernon Flores won the WBC so his career was was moving in a different direction than mine was my I was going up I was fighting guys like uh, Joe Calzaghe one of the best super middleweights ever um, yep. you know and and my career was going in a different direction than his was so I never thought we'd meet again for the dirt fight you know but but now since you said it let's do it. I, and i, think I like so i think we'd sell sergio we would People Spanish, us go, get us paid. go get us paid
2: chris Mannix. you're gonna you, you you pretend to be a promoter go get that money for us
1: i i go. just see an opportunity i see an opportunity where it is and you're right Sergio. we've talked about this demetrius andre when he fought in providence this past june did a pretty good crowd, but if you two wind up on the undercard some 15 years after the contender fighting for a third time in what you can kind of call a rubber match, sign me up, man. I think, you, I think Peter's right. I think you'd sell a lot of tickets for an event like that.
2: Oh, absolutely. Peter on his own. I want to go watch him fight at the Duncan Center versus uh, Scotty Pemberton. Peter alone packed over 10,000 people there. Absolutely. That fight makes sense. A rubber match makes sense. But you know what else makes sense? dollars show me the money chris mannix
1: peter this is what i have to deal with like he, he constantly talks about money every single time it comes up he compares himself to jesse vargas every single
0: time we talk. the guy wants to get paid he's a hollywood star he's a champion world former world champion so he must get paid just like i want to get paid we don't fight for free but i probably don't want to get paid as much as him
1: Well, I think it would be. Go ahead, Sergio.
2: I said, don't sell yourself. Don't don't give up the price. The money's on the table right now, Peter. Chris Mannix is going to get us paid right now. So, right now, just let let him do his work. We're going to be all right. Rubber match comes to That's That's
0: that's why he's my older brother. See? He's slapping me around right now.
1: I love it. I love it. Uh, guys, well, 15 years. Time sure flies. Uh, you know, congratulations. You guys have had a lot of success as professionals. Been in some big fights. I hope we get one more. Uh, maybe a farewell fight for both of you to settle the score. Mora Manfredo, contender one. It sells itself, baby. I agree.
2: All right, Peter. Good see you, champ. And Chris Manning, too, my man. I'll see you
0: next week. Um, love you guys. Yeah, God bless you and your daughter and your new family, buddy. Proud of you. Like I told you, you before. we're very proud of you. All right,
1: that's it for this week's episode. My thanks to my guests. As always, subscribe to the podcast over at Apple Podcasts. Rate, review, you know I appreciate it. And I'll see you next week.
0: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge.
2: <sighs>
1: is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The MX dedicated card member
0: entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
2: Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best.
0: Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners.